0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. I get the privilege of, uh, in my life's journey and calling, to walk alongside her, and God has, God has blessed us um, mightily. Friday night was was special and, and you just sensed we sensed the presence of the Lord in, in such a way that we just sort of stopped at a spot and uh, I feel that way this morning um, I'm not quite sure pastor what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life right now I want to walk with ears that are wide open to hear what the spirit is saying um, a couple of months ago I've been praying for thirty five years for my I'm um, the seventh of eight in my family and the only one that has served the Lord. And I've been praying every single day for brothers and sisters that do not serve the Lord. Some of you in this room are doing the same thing. And um, my sister lived down in, my oldest sister lived down in Fort Myers. And a week before the storm hit Fort Myers here a couple of months ago, she had a massive stroke. And it was in the hospital. And um, I, uh, Denny Nisley Christ in Action, asked if I would uh, drive a truck for them down. And uh, so I used that as an opportunity to try to get to the hospital in time to see my sister. Went down and and, um, drove a truck down there for him and uh, went into an area that that a storm came through and just destroyed, destroyed homes. And uh, I went by where my sister lived And um, there was a a jet ski floating in the living room. And the house was just absolutely devastated, destroyed. One whole half of the house was missing. Where, where, Where it went, I don't know. But if she wouldn't have had a stroke a week before that, she would have died in that house. I was able to go to the hospital with her. And they had her bed really low to the floor because she's so fragile. If she fell out, that would, that would be the end of her life. And so I'm practically laying on the floor to, to kneel against her bed. And I had the privilege of sharing Jesus with my sister, who prayed with me. And after all these years, in that moment that she left this world, I know I'm going to see her again. But if it had not been for a stroke, a week before a storm, she wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have been there. We wouldn't have had that prayer. You may be wondering why there's a stroke. But God, in his way of working, you may be wondering why the storm is following the stroke. But in God's way of working, there's a plan as difficult as the stroke might be, as troublesome as the storm may be, the Holy Spirit's going to come along. Somewhere in the middle of a difficult moment, the Holy Spirit comes along. And he does something that absolutely blows your mind. That's not what I'm speaking on this morning. I don't know why I went there. But maybe that was maybe that was for someone that maybe that was for someone that God is in the storm and I I believe that in in Acts chapter 2. If you could bring this verse of scripture up for a moment. I'd like for you to see this. Acts chapter 2:16 and 17. No the word no starts because there's a conversation. In the middle of the conversation, there is a, an incredible move of the Spirit. There was a, a suddenly that happened in Acts chapter 2. Suddenly, there's a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. When, but keep in mind that God will never do a suddenly without an anticipation. God just doesn't suddenly do something without someone anticipating. And if God's going to do a suddenly here pastor, it's because of prayer that's going on on Wednesday night that continues to grow. People are expecting something, anticipating something, and then God does it suddenly. And, and so there was a suddenly that happened, and now, now the world around that suddenly is trying to give explanation to it. And so they are with, even though thousands of people's lives are being changed, and, and uh, they're saying, well, these, these guys, they're, <laughs> they're just ignorant fishermen. They, they, they have no idea what they're talking about, what they're doing. They're just drunk with wine and so here's the response no this is what was spoken by the prophet joel in the last days god said i'll pour my spirit upon all people your sons and your daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams and so just this is what was spoken other translation says this is that this is that This is what's happening now is that which was prophesied. But before, before you can experience the this, you have to know the that. Did you follow me for a moment? Before you can, we want to experience the this without any investment in the that. But if we will invest into that, You know, before the suddenly, they were in the upper room for 10 days. They were in there praying, seeking God. They were giving and doing and serving and making sure everyone had their needs met. If they had to sell something to do it, they were finding a way to have things in common. They were praying together and worshiping together and singing together and praying together and over and over for 10 days. And then there was a suddenly. And in the midst of that, suddenly it couldn't be contained in an upper room. And when it it came bursting out of the upper room in the very first message, 3,000 people were converted because of what happened suddenly in a room that was preceded by an anticipation of people that stayed there for 10 days. Before you can have a this, you have to understand the that. You have to have a relationship with that. So if, you are, if you're taking any notes or anything, just write down the word that. T-H-A-T, that. Put it on your mirror or something It's so that when you get up in the morning, every, every morning you see that and you're reminded this Holy Spirit is who I'm running after. I want more of God's presence in the name of Jesus. Jesus said it would happen. Jesus said, I must go away that I can send to you the Spirit because the purpose of the Spirit is to take of mine and bring revelation to you. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring revelation of who Jesus is. And without the Holy Spirit, the only thing we're getting from Jesus is a few stories in a book. But with the Holy Spirit, we start experiencing the stories that Jesus talked about in his book. That's what the purpose of the Holy Spirit was. I come back to what I was saying just a moment ago. In my own personal life, I just had this experience with my sister that I'm trying to just uh, the amazement, the amazement of God. And uh, I had the chance here around November to go to Slovakia, a country that has only been free for 30 years. And so they're still trying to figure out religious freedom, let alone what church looks like. And you go to a place like that, and, and you mention Jesus, and people will, will slide their chair across the room to hear it. Because there's such a hunger. They, haven't, they have not had religious freedom all these years. It's ironic that it was about 80 years. and And they you know it's almost like the the 80 years and, and Babylon now is being defeated by Cyrus and and the children of Israel were free again to to run after their god and and this is where Slovakia is and they, and we're trying to figure out how do you how do you organize a church in such a way that it can just foster and continue growing and and one church planting another church and another church and another church and so i i'm standing there at the Ukrainian border and if you, if you want God to stir up your life and mess up your mind and attack your heart with his spirit, if you have any blood flowing in your veins at all, you get stirred up at that. Where people that live in poverty are serving people that are desperate. People that are coming a- across that border that have absolutely nothing but whatever they could carry on their back. That is it. And they're coming into a nation that has just recently been free that really, they don't have anything. The superintendent of Slovakia said to me, if, if Ukraine doesn't stand up to Russia, Slovakia is sushi. They don't even have a police force. So I go from that experience of praying with people and talking to people that are just so hungry for Jesus. Just just tell us something. From there, a couple of weeks ago in Cuba. In Cuba, uh, I said, I was in Cuba for two days, and there's so much oppression. Then in, in two days, I was already trying to think of how I would build a boat. I'm only 90 miles from Miami. I grew up in Maine. I rode on a few lobster boats. I know I can rough the water. I'm going to find a way to get back there. And I had, you know, I had my political opinion until I went there. absolutely will mess up your heart. If you love Jesus at all and you experience the oppression that is going on, and I I said to this this general superintendent of Cuba, I said, what is to prevent people from forming a coup? If you have property, just give you an example. If you have property at all to where you can grow some vegetables, 95% of everything that you grow has to go to the government. It is the oppression that you cannot possibly imagine the oppression. There's no grocery stores. There's no hospitals. There's no pharmacies. There's a if if you get sick or you get hurt, you're on your own. You there's nothing there. There, Though I was praying for all of these these pastors and 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 leaders down there praying for them. And the one pastor came up the center. I'm a jokester. I like to have fun. I, I make wisecracks every once in a while. And um, I like to hear a good joke as long as it's not an eternal story. I just, you know, a couple of sentences is pretty good. and And so I... I, you know, here is this couple, Lisa fell when we moved into the farm back in May and broke her shoulder, and she's been in therapy, and it just wasn't working, she finally had some surgery, and she's struggling with her shoulder, and so this couple comes up and praying for all these people around the altar, and this man's coming up, he's a, he's a pastor, it's just started to plan a church, and, and he's holding his wife, and she's got her arm up like that, and he's, they're both crying, and, and she broke her shoulder. I said, you guys, you're she come on. She broke her shoulder. I thought they were, I thought they were doing I thought they were they heard that Lisa broke her shoulder. And I thought, you know, that's me. That's where my mind went. I thought they were joking with me. And and so in that I just put I went to put my hands out and touch her shoulder and pray in the name of Jesus and Boom, her arms shot straight up in the air. Instantly, the spirit of the Lord healed her right there before I could. I'd like to say that I prayed this incredible prayer and I put my hands on her and we prayed together and I didn't, I, I thought they were just joking. And, and the spirit, I mean, you should have experienced what happened when that miracle just hit the room, just uh, suddenly just hit that room. I said to the superintendent, what's to prevent people from coming together and forming a coup? And he said, he said, what would we fight with? A fork? He looked at me and he said, Pastor Frank, he said, if there's any fighting in this nation that's going to be done by the church, it's going to be done on their knees. What do you do with that? As you're watching, people come into a building, and they don't gather like this. They, they come into a building, and they just start gathering at the front, kneeling, praying. They've got, they've got the privilege. I asked the pastor, how flying below the radar because the church is really illegal, they have 2,500 of those places in Cuba. 2,500. They're not even supposed to be gathering. 2,500. There's 11 million people on this 800-mile-long island that is communist, and there's 2,500 Assembly of God churches meeting just below the radar. But what's happening is people aren't coming in and, and getting in the, in the nice, comfortable chairs and making sure the air is just right and and making sure they're dressed there and, and making everything has got to be just perfect and, and um, you, you know, uh, the offering, okay, and all, all this other stuff. They're, as soon as they have the privilege of sneaking off the sidewalk and getting into the doors, they're not trying to find a place to sit. They're trying to find a place at the altar. If you are really praying and believing that what America needs is not just another revival, what we need is an awakening. If you really believe that, I think revival, the difference between the two is revival is what happens from the pulpit out, and awakening is what happens when the church realizes who she is. When the when the church realizes who she is, when you realize, wait a minute, the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for me. I have been given his name to use in the name of Jesus. And when I speak that name, every demon in hell has to tremble. The name of Jesus that is so powerful that one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God? You and I have a a unique anointing upon our lives. You wouldn't even be here this morning. There is no way that during the journey of your life, you just decided, I might try this church thing. It doesn't happen that way, friends. According to God's word, we don't even come to God without the spirit somehow drawing us. And and so someone was praying for you. The spirit of God was after you. And somehow God's spirit tracked you down, ran after you until you decided to, to give your mind and your thoughts and your heart to Jesus. It's not because you chose it. It's because he chose you. And if he chose you, friends, listen, you don't have to be standing in the pulpit to preach a message. You are preaching a message with a life that's been transformed, a life that's been changed, a life that is living not in discouragement and not in depression, not down all the time, a life of victory, a life of battles that have been won, a life that's been changed, a a life that no longer looks the same way and acts the same way and walks the same way and talks the same way because the Spirit of God has drawn you. And that Spirit of God is so powerful according to His Word. If that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, if that same Spirit dwells in you, listen, that's God's Word. Whether you have experienced that or not, it, it, that doesn't matter. It, it's God's Word. So your personal experience will never supersede the authority of Scripture. It's, it's God's Word. And just because you haven't experienced it or you haven't, you haven't sensed it yet doesn't mean it's not God's Word. And God is so true to His Word that He has honored His Word above His name. Wait a minute. The name that rocks hell? God has honored his word above the name that shakes the foundations of hell, the name that every knee is going to bow to. God has honored his word above that. Jesus said, The spirit that comes is going to take of mine and deliver it unto you. You are walking, you are walking with the greatest weapon the world has ever known. You are walking. With the Spirit of God, regardless of where you, we, where you go and what you do, there's an anointing of God on your life. And, and the church in America is flying so far below the radar. So far below the radar. I said to the guys on Friday, how do I, how do I, what time have I got? <laughs> I've got 648, 47, 46, man. I said to the guys Friday night, if you, really, if, if you're going to know the vat so you can experience the this, you've got to invest in your mountain because the narrative of God's scripture, God's word chooses the mountain and the valley to be the illustration of the way we walk with God. And Psalm 15 it says this, Lord, who shall ascend and who shall dwell? There, there's, a, there's sort of a message in that psalm that seems to indicate there are those that will ascend and descend. There are those that will go to presence and out of presence, in presence, out of presence, in presence, out of presence. So the second line says, there's a second question, who's going to dwell? So the intent of God is not this for you. The intent of God is for you to live here. The intent of God that has drawn you in, the intent of God is for you to live in presence. And if you live in presence, what, six, seven Chapters later, the same psalmist writes, Yea, though I walk through. So the intent is to dwell here and occasionally walk through here. But what is happening with us is we will occasionally visit this, and we dwell here. We are not redeemed by the blood of Jesus to dwell here. We have been drawn into presence to dwell here. And if you seek this, the more you seek this, the better you're able to go through this. And if you, don't, if you don't seek this, this is where we fail. This is where we get discouraged. This is where we break. This is where marriages come apart. This is where the prodigal runs and stuff. But when you live here, I choose to live in the presence of the Lord. I choose to live in the presence of the Lord, that even death in this valley isn't going to hold me because I I choose to live right here. This is where I am fixing my tent. This is where I am digging the footer. This is where I'm building my house. I am going to live in the presence of God. I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to sing in the Spirit. I'm going to worship in the Spirit. I'm going to live in the Spirit. I'm going to think in the Spirit. I'm going to dwell in the Spirit. Come on, somebody can help me. That's where I'm going to That's where I'm going to be. I'm going to live here in the spirit because occasionally I'm going to pass through something difficult, but I know the God that I've experienced up here will still be the God that I will see down here because God shows up up here and God shows off down here. You can read it in first Kings where Ahab, I I love this verse. If you would put it up in first Kings, when he saw, here's Ahab, here's Ahab, when he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you? Is that you that's troubling Israel? This is Old Testament, probably doesn't relate too much to us, but, but what was happening is the prophet was so anointed by God, he stopped heaven from raining. Then he released heaven from raining. And we can go on from this experience, but 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 this prophet of God went to the mountain. And he called all the prophets of Baal to his mountain. Come on now. And it's in that mountain that this prophet experienced God's presence, that he knew God's presence, that he said to all the others on his mountain that came to his mountain and said, you can build all the altars you want. You can worship whatever it is that you want. But the God who answers by fire. And just in case you thought it was something for the prophet in the Old Testament, let's go to the verse in Acts. Um, Here's Paul and Silas. Here's Paul and Silas after the Holy Spirit changed them. And now they're running after the things of the kingdom. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. Come on, church, we've got to be troublemakers. We've got to be troublemakers. I love being a troublemaker. Elijah was a troublemaker. So much so that the rain stopped. And Ahab says, so you're the one? You're the one? Paul and Silas come on the scene. so these are the ones that have been turning the world upside down are now here to mess with us. It was Smith, Smith Wigglesworth one time in, in one of his stories. He was preaching this crusade, and, and his body just was ready to pass out, and he, and he falls asleep in a, in a room. And, and he writes that the worst possession, oppression, walked into that room. And, and, and he said it was like evil itself. And he rolled over in bed, and he said, wouldn't you know it, Satan himself was standing in my room. And he said to Satan, oh, it's just you. And he rolled over and went to sleep. <laughs> God, the investment in your life is to rock your world. The investment in your life, and it happens if you will invest here Come on, somebody, if you will invest here, if you will invest here, you're going to inspire here. If you invest here, you're going to be an inspiration here. When Ahab was chasing after Elijah, Elijah said, Come on, follow me to my mountain. I want to show you something. I've experienced something in this mountain. And the God of this mountain is going to be the God right here, in my and that's how we inspire. You're not going to inspire anyone out of discouragement and brokenness and depression. That's not where God wants you to live. He doesn't want you to live with the weight that's on your shoulders and the difficulties that you bear. That's why we have an altar that alters things. I don't know where the Holy Spirit is, is what the Holy Spirit is doing in my personal journey right now. I know that I am all ears and and I have been saying for months, for months, halfway through the year, I shared to Lisa twenty-three is there's there's an awakening coming. There's an awakening coming. I come in this morning and, and pastor talking to Pastor John and one of our pastors in 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 our network. Tried to reach me three or four times, and I thought, uh-oh, something, something might be wrong. And I stepped outside to take the phone call. And he said, Pastor, our missions, I've got to tell you, he said, our missions offerings total up for the year. He said, this is the morning where we total everything up and we write a check for world missions. And he said, our world missions offering this morning was $1 million. There's an awakening. There's an awakening happening in in generosity. There's an awakening happening in involvement. What can I plug myself into? How can I put my hands to this plow? God has raised up a church for such a time as this. You're not an accident. You're here on purpose. There's a plan of God. There's an anointing of God. You've got to invest in his presence. You invest in his presence. You will influence in these places that are difficult because people that are walking in those places of difficult, when the presence of God starts walking through places that are difficult, it attracts attention. How are you able to go through the same thing I am going through and yet you are so happy and excited and full of joy and and, and you're rejoicing even in sorrow. How can you do that? Because we have a peace that this world doesn't have. We have a, a peace that passes understanding. We have a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. We have a life that is more abundant. Why? Because we have been to the mountain of God's presence. We know what it's like to walk in the spirit. We know what it's like to see God in our difficult situations. Come on over to my, to my mountain and see what God has done. Come on, stand to your feet, would you, and stretch a hand towards heaven. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, we've come into this room. We've sensed your presence. Lord, we've been worshiping. We love you. We've been going through a journey, God, with you. We've been, been experiencing some things. But Lord, if this is the moment, if this is the moment for you to do us suddenly, if this is a moment where the, the switch is going to be turned and there will be an awakening that will hit this this city and, and this church. Lord, let it be this moment right now. Lord, I pray that such a hunger, such a hunger will arise in this church that, God, we're not going to be just, Lord, those that will attend. We'll be those that will put our hands to the plow and we're going to see victory after victory after victory after victory, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus we pray in the name of Jesus with your hands with your hand lifted up Lord together we just lift our hands in this room and say Lord we're going to invest in our mountain Lord we're going to invest in our mountain so that we can be an influence in the valley we're going to invest in the mountain so we can be an influence in our valley Jesus, you said it in this world, we will have tribulation. In this world, we will walk through valleys. We will walk through difficulties. Your word says that, but we're going to invest in our mountain so we can be an influence in that valley. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You know, around this room, most of you in this room, you've got a hand lifted up towards heaven, and you're just worshiping for a moment. As you just speak the name of Jesus, as you just speak the name of Jesus, just speak the name of Jesus, what the Holy Spirit has come to do is to bring revelation of who Jesus is is to bring revelation of who Jesus is. I I came home from Cuba and experienced a miracle. I'm leaving that day. I flew in and flew out. I was leaving again to South Carolina, but I walked over to Lisa, who hasn't been able to, to get her arm up, and I just said, Lisa, the Holy Spirit did this in Cuba. And I want him to do this for you. So, when I'm standing there next to her just a few days later and I see her arms in the air worshiping the Lord, I know the same spirit that did the miracle there, that did the miracle in our home the other morning, Lise, is the same spirit in this room to do a miracle. Would you reach over to a neighbor? Put your hand on their shoulder. You might even want to cross the aisle. You might want to come from the back to the front, front to the back. Just put your hand on someone's shoulder. And would you speak blessing? Would you speak encouragement? Would you speak the name of Jesus? Would you just speak the name of Jesus over their life? Would you just speak the Spirit of God upon their life. In the balcony up there, just put your hand on someone's shoulder and just speak blessing. Just speak favor. Just speak God's anointing. This That, that not only today, but tomorrow, this week, is going to be an unusual week because there's an awakening happening. There's something happening that's stirring the hearts and lives of, of the believer. The church isn't going to look the same. The church isn't going to feel the same because there's an awakening happening. There's going to be a greater hunger for the presence of the Lord, and, and perhaps those that that come in and try to find a comfortable seat instead will come in and try to find a place at an altar and just begin praying and seeking God, and the hunger for God would arise. There isn't going to be a suddenly without someone doing some anticipation. God, I'm believing for it. God, I'm believing for it. Lord, I speak that blessing and that favor. God, I speak that over this church in the name of Jesus, Lord. Would Abundant Life be the place where an awakening in America is stirred? Something is happening right here, and there's an awakening happening in your church right here. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at MyAbundantLife.com.